0: Caitlin Linzel. This is the WildEye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from WildEye, and in this episode I'm flashing back to a series of episodes in which I spoke to all of the team members here at the WildEye office in South Africa. The idea was, and still is, to give you a bit of a glimpse of who the people are who you communicate with. Obviously, you know the guides from in the field, you travel with us, but you get emails from Judy and Elisma and Laura and Melissa and now Caitlin as well, one of our newest team members. So I have pretty much done all of the interviews with this with the team, Caitlin was the second last one. I've just got to get hold of Michael Laupscher when him and I are in the office together. But uh, yeah, Caitlin joined our team two months ago and uh, she's working with Tanya and Emma to alleviate the workload from them. And finally got to sit down with her, get to know her a little bit. I hope you guys enjoy this one. I hope so. But um, we have actually already started. We just did. Oh. How many podcasts have you been on before?
1: This is my first.
0: Do you listen to podcasts?
1: I do. Which ones? Murder Mystery i obsessed. Is it a local one? Crime, no. American, mostly. I did start listening to the South African one, though, and it was just a little bit too gruesome. Um, Same I had thing. To stop that, yeah.
0: Ooh. yeah. What's it about?
1: Mainly about, like, serial killers and. It's quite dark. Yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> <Do> <laughs> but I, I love about, it.
0: Do I ask about favorite um, TV series?
1: I don't necessarily like watching it that much, but there's just not a lot of that. I prefer to just listen to it.
0: So, so, so when do you listen to podcasts? The reason I'm asking mm. is with us traveling, I see people on airplanes, they walk their dogs. Mm-hmm. They. When do you listen to podcasts?
1: So it was more when I was walking my dog, but then I um, life changed Then he has passed away, so I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more when I'm driving. I don't really have other times. I find it weird to just sit and listen to a podcast because I feel like that I'm is really odd. doing something. That's a, that's a bit especially, psycho killer as well. <laughs> especially if it's like murder mystery. But yeah, mainly if I'm, if I'm out on my own, like in the car. That's mainly So it.
0: what do they do? They take a single murder and discuss it per episode? Mm-hmm. Or? Yeah. And it's all real stuff. It's not fantasy.
1: It's all real.
0: So, wow. I watched the Ted Bundy tapes recently. Mm-hmm. You've seen that? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And the Dharma one?
0: Yes. I I didn't watch... There was two at the same time. There was a Dharma film Mm -hmm. with Jeremy Renner, I think. Mm -hmm. And then there was the series, which everybody jumped up and down about. Yeah,
1: the series was insane.
0: But how factual was that, though? Was it... It wasn't a documentary. It was a...
1: Yeah, it was more like a reality kind of thing. Dramatization of it. Yeah, but it it was... A lot of um, the detail was, like, insane in that one. Mm -hmm. They actually had photographs that they did where... Um, it was his actual room to the point that they had very, very minute detail in Ooh. the series. So it was like real to a certain extent. Mm. Um, obviously, they didn't go into the extreme detail. That's the other like his history of his life and everything, mm. which is then in podcasts that I listen to. Which
0: yeah. is cool. And the podcast medium changed everything. I mean, yeah, I used to only and I still listen to music quite often especially with training and stuff. But even that, I've gone over into listening to podcasts. There's, mm. I've got like five or six main ones. Why don't you listen to music? Why choose podcasts? Is it a choice? Is it because I want to improve myself? Is it because I don't like music?
1: Mm, I think music can just become a little bit repetitive. And I feel like I have a very certain style of music that I want to listen to. And they don't really come out with a lot of that these days. What is so, that style? Uh, it's more alternative. and uh, it's
0: Like more rock-based? Alternative, like grunge?
1: No. It's more mellow. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm very, like, picky with the artists that I listen to. Favorite artist, say. then? Favorite artist, mm. I would say, it was, like, Ziggy Alberts. Ah, okay. And then Quinn.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know how to say his real name. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um. So it's like, I'll li- re-listen to everything like that and then just mm. get a bit bored. So then I want to just listen to something that's actually going to, like, make my mind work.
0: And what do you think of the new music coming out today?
1: Ugh. I don't know. I don't really like the mainstream kind of music. No. You know what? What's sad, how old are you now? I'm 24.
0: Okay. So there's a lot of, and I'm, I'm looking at like the high school kids, all these TikTok mm-hmm. people and what have you. Mm-hmm. They'll hear a song. It's like, oh my God, these guys are so amazing. Like, no, that's a Michael Jackson sample. No, that's a Bon Jovi sample. No, that's from mm-hmm. Def Leppard. No, that's Madonna from the eighties. Yeah. The new stuff just feels ooh, plastic. I don't know. It, yeah. There's, uh, there's no <clears throat> if you know what I mean fully agree no it's just yeah. I can't do it and um, then you get um, in South Africa here because a lot of people listening from international um, in South Africa we've got things like 94.7 mm. that they will get a song which is popular and they will play it like 17 times a fucking hour yeah. yeah. like just stop mm. just stop no mm. can't absolutely
1: do it absolutely hate that so so radio got, is the worst I've
0: got my little playlist well it's quite big but I've got a playlist for training for driving and stuff mm. and it doesn't change much there's not much new stuff coming in it's all the yes. old stuff
1: Exactly. So and I tend to go more towards like the, the older music because it's actually, I don't know, I can listen to that over and over again, <clears throat> but the new stuff, I can't. Mm. It's just too much. It's all
0: samples, I think. Yeah. 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 You sound old like me. <laughs> <laughs> so where's Caitlin from? Where did you grow up? Johannesburg. Uh-huh.
1: Um, born and bred. Um, I'm from a family of three girls. So I'm the youngest of three girls. Um, which made me a little bit resilient, I think.
0: Uh, always the youngest one. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but all the better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school here. Where did you go to school? I went to Bolu Prep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I went in high school, I went to St. Peter's. Okay. Then went to university in Pretoria. Um, what did you study? Studied tourism.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh huh. Did my honors in tourism.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the main thing of like when I was in, I think it was second year, I found out that my honors year would actually be a practical year, so it wasn't just studying. Oh. And it was the best thing ever. That's when I found that out. I was like, I'm gonna go into honors. Was it not supposed to be? It was, but it's never really told. I feel like you don't really find out things (laughs) until you ask. Yeah. So, when I found out that it was gonna be practical and I was gonna be out in the field and I was gonna be. Doing all the tours mm-hmm. and planning mm-hmm. them and all that, I was so pumped, and it was the best experience. But then COVID happened, so it wasn't the best.
0: So wait, what 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 was the practical? What did it entail?
1: We would have to plan tours so for we, for anybody who wants to come onto campus and see it. So so, so
0: wait, you, you 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 did you finish your degree? You went to honors. You would do tours for people onto campus, come mm-hmm. and show around, and do exactly. this, that, like the other. Okay, yeah.
1: So prospect students, mm-hmm. uh, anybody, even. Foreigners who just wanted to come see because the campus is so beautiful that we even branched out into the art world on campus. So they've got a museum on campus. We would do that. Um, Oh wow! Yeah, it was it was fantastic. But then obviously COVID was a bit of a and you were still doing
0: that when COVID hit.
1: Yeah. So So COVID kind of threw a bit of a spanner, but I suppose it also made us work a bit harder. So we had to do virtual tours, which isn't oh god on Zoom. (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow. It wasn't the best, yeah, but there was some interest and we just kind of had to roll the punches, mm-hmm. um, which I think was good, made us think out of the box. We had to do um, some crazy stuff. And something that I was so, so proud of is I was the head project planner of the Atlas webinar. So it was an international mm-hmm. webinar. okay, And there were over, I think 300 participants. Um, and it was just phenomenal to To experience that because we had international foreigners and, and they were seeing what we do. And I don't think, as much as I say I didn't know that it was a thing, the fact that people across the world know that mm. our honours here, we are practical and that we're bringing people onto the campus and doing that, I think it was really cool.
0: Sure. So when COVID hit then, you started going online with this mm-hmm. thing. What happened then when COVID started kind of fading?
1: Uh, it was still kind of touch and go because... You still couldn't really have... The the university had a lot of um, rules on how many people you could have on campus. So we had to have bubble tours, which is... like
0: 10 people max or
1: something. Not even. We could have four people total. Bring a family. Yeah. And that's including the tour guide. So it'd be me and three people. Yeah. But that also kind of made it more intimate, which I kind of enjoyed. The years before, they would be doing tours of... There were so many people. I think some tour guides would have like Forty-five students with mm, them.
0: You could raise your voice there.
1: Yeah, so I think it was actually better that it was bubble tours because mm. then you could speak to them and and get on a personal level with them, which was really great.
0: What was the desired outcome of these tours? So you would take your three or four people and tour to what just to show them, or did you hope to close a deal of sorts or?
1: Yeah, so a lot of them would be students who are looking at what university mm-hmm. to go to. Okay. Um, and then we would tailor make it to their needs, obviously. Okay. So if you wanted to be studying art, then mm-hmm. we would do that. Or if you wanted to do architecture, we would personally do it on that side. Or So it was mainly to show them how beautiful the campus was. Okay. Um, and then we wouldn't necessarily go into the buildings because that wasn't really allowed. Sure. But I think coming out of school, you're so scared of university. So... Being on the campus and actually walking the grounds and showing them where,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: the student um, center is sure. and where you can go and draw cash and, mm-hmm. and do random stuff like that. I think it just settled their minds. And coming from a student, I think, is even better than just some random other person. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, the end of it is basically trying to sell the campus okay. and you should come.
0: But and yourself to a degree. There's a big yeah. part of putting yourself out there in a situation like that mm. where, where you're presenting or speaking publicly. Yes, it's about the thing you're talking about. It's yeah. just as much as about you, the delivery, the the, the mechanism, which delivery. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So then you finished honors. Yeah. What happened then?
1: It was still kind of COVID vibes. What year
0: are we now? 2021. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I didn't really know. I haven't always had a massive passion of going into the field. I didn't necessarily want to be a, to a, a guide. guide. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had no idea where to look and where to go. So I was just kind of in panic mode. I had been working, <laughs> I've been working since I was 15. So I just had a job that I'd been working for a really long time um, and I just, I didn't really know what to do. So I went onto Facebook and I just found a random job to work at a, a dog parlor. So I did so that.
0: So travel <laughs> to dog parlor, okay, gotcha.
1: <laughs> I had no idea, so I, I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it wasn't wasn't bad, but I felt like i had outgrown it.
0: And how long were you there for then? About a year. Okay. And yeah. what what exactly did you do?
1: I was the whole operations manager, so, so you I didn't managed physically groom dogs. No, 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 no. no okay, no. okay. I managed the teams that mm-hmm. then groom the dogs. I would do the logistics and plan their day-to-day things. I would liaise with all the clients, which
0: mm-hmm.
1: is a lot because people with their dogs they bring their
0: babies to you. Yeah, yeah.
1: and. If anything happens, it is on me. <laughs> it's the
0: phone call you don't want to make.
1: Yeah. And oh there's some terrible things that can happen when you're grooming a dog. So mm. it was it was a lot.
0: So I take it you're a dog person then.
1: Oh I love. What dog do, do you, love you have? Dog. Um, I had a Yorkie. Yeah. That was my ultimate my favourite boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a staffy. I'm a, a lover of staffies. Mm-hmm. Always had them when I've been growing
0: up. So And you still have a dog now or in between dogs?
1: She's not necessarily my dog, family dog.
0: Okay. Um, and she's a staffy. Cutest so dog in the world. If you could get a dog for yourself now, it would be a Staffy or a Yorkie.
1: No, it would actually be a Dapple Dachshund, a long-haired Dapple Dachshund. I actually
0: saw one of those when when did I walk Jackson two three days ago? yeah, cute dogs.
1: I love them. They're just they're yappers, but I love them. I had
0: a I had a Dachshy once. His name was Freddie, years ago, and also lovely dog personality, but Christ, I love the noise. Yeah. On, but apparently apparently they were bred to hunt rats. Yeah and because of the size they can push the long body into the holes and stuff so they but yeah good dog good dog mm-hmm. when are you getting one
1: I moved into a complex with my partner mm. and it's um, not pet friendly so i think it was not even small dogs not even oh but we share a border with uh, another complex next door and they have a dog and it, it barks all day so i feel like i can get away with it
0: sure cuz it's easier to say sorry than ask for permission exactly <laughs> anyway okay so we were at the dog parlor Enough with that. And then what happened then?
1: So I just felt like I outgrew that place. Um, And then I was just saying, in my mind, my mind was saying to me, you loved what you were doing in varsity. You Mm -hmm. loved doing the practical work and and travel is just a massive passion. So I said, have to go back into it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started just going and looking online. And um, while that was actually the first place that I applied at, and I was so nervous, but it was Why? the best decision. I don't know. I feel like I, I tend to, I overthink a lot of things very, very often.
0: But, but, I mean, okay, I, I kind of get. So you, you worked a dog parlor, you managed the team, and you spoke with difficult clients about their dogs. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now you go back to your passion, which is travel and arranging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You find us online. Were we looking at the time? When, when, when did you first contact us? Mm. Oh, you're really this testing whole, my memory. This whole yeah. COVID thing is like this blank, blah, blah, black hole for information. Anyway, so you get in touch with us. What do you ever think? Is it the, is it the imposter syndrome of I'm not good enough?
1: Yes, 100%. That is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So you came for the interview. How did that go? Well, obviously pretty fucking good because you're here. But yeah. But from your <laughs> point of view. <laughs>
1: there's actually a backstory behind that. It was okay. The worst ever, um, I locked myself out of my car. When is this now? This was the interview day that I was coming in.
0: You did it here or at home? Here. Oh, right.
1: So I was in between. It was at my old job, and it was my lunch break. <laughs> and I dropped my keys in the toilet and then locked myself out of my car. So then I had to Uber here. And it was, it was just it was laughable, but I think... <laughs> It was great. I think everything just happens for a reason. So it was. I was so, so anxious that it kind of took my mind off of being nervous of being here because I was so like frantic about how to get here and leaving my
0: car out where it was. I wanted to ask how you dropped your keys in the toilet, but I'm going to let, let that go. <laughs> uh, so who did you meet first when you came in? Uh, Judy. Okay. Yeah. And you were still petrified?
1: I was petrified until I sat down. I think my nerves completely kind of vanished Mm. from the energy that I felt from everybody in the office and from where I was coming, it was just me and another person in an Mm -hmm. office and then coming here. And it was so many people, which I would personally, I do panic in groups, but I think the energy that I felt, I was,
0: Mm. I I was just at ease immediately. There is, I mean, you'll know this now. How long have you been with us now?
1: Oof, it was since um, April. So it's actually two months, two, three months. Two, three
0: months. Yeah. There are, some pretty big personalities in this office Mm -hmm. and it can be quite noisy and Mm -hmm. overwhelming. I get it. It must Mm -hmm. be pretty scary walking in, Mm. but I mean, Judy's very scary at times. She'll (laughs) listen to this. Judy, you're very scary at times, (laughs) but I mean, she's amazing. So you had a chat with her. What then? You come back for a second
1: one. They said in the interview that they wanted me to come back. Mm-hmm. So then I started immediately thinking in my head, "What other lunch break can I nah. come through?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did, and it was—I think it was a week later—and I then had another very scary interview with Andrew mm-hmm. um, and Lara.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think I was actually supposed to be meeting you and Johno, but I don't think you I guys were, were busy. Here. Yeah, we're you weren't here. No. Yeah. Okay. So I was supposed to, mm-hmm. which I think also kind of eased my mind that you guys weren't there because I was going to panic a lot.
0: Yeah, I have like all, everyone in one room. Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: But Andrew was enough to mm-hmm. scare me a little bit. Um, <laughs> was we have to get rid serious. of the people that can't cut it. Yeah, I know. He, was, he drilled in the questions, um, but I think it went pretty well because literally the next day I heard from the recruiter that um, she said she knows that I have it. They're just waiting to hear from you guys.
0: And so for people listening, what is your role here? What do you do at WildEye?
1: I am a junior logistics assistant mm-hmm. to Tanya and Emma. Mm-hmm. And I am mainly um, helping Tanya with her private guide. first mm-hmm. because of the influx. And I basically do everything that they need me to do.
0: <laughs> Good answer. No, I mean, it, it's pretty cool because I mean, if people listening, so they know Judy runs opera, uh, logistics, mm-hmm. then Candice takes care of the Mara randy takes care of scheduled departures uh which would be the ones that have dates to them tanya does private and emma does custom travel and i think the role that you have between the two of them i mean even now with you in there's still a lot of work Mm -hmm. so i don't think it's too long before we get someone else as well and then i you said a couple of weeks ago i gave you anxiety Mm -hmm. what did you make of that so just for those listening I've got a private, which is now confirmed. Thank you to you, um, to Iceland. And before I went as far, I'm like, okay, these are the hotels, these are the cars. Make it happen. <laughs> Tell me what you thought.
1: Um, I put on such a brave face when you first did it. I was like, oh, yeah, did. I got this. You I'll did, do it you it's did. great. <laughs> but I think I was immediately just thinking that it was going to be the same as how everything else has been going. Um, everything and it, else, it, as in how I plan other tours okay. in South Africa. Um, because that's the majority of what I've been doing. Mm. Um, And it is nothing like that at all. So it did, it kind of threw me into a bit of a spiral. So I did all of the work that I needed to, I contacted Mm -hmm. all the the hotels and I kind of hit a bit of a, a wall Mm -hmm. until the week before you got back. And I was like, oh, I need Why was the wall?
0: Hmm? What do you mean you hit a wall?
1: I hit a wall because I had contacted all these places, I'd done a bit of a costing sheet and Mm then I kind of realized, I'm actually not holding any space at these places and Jerry's going to come back and he's yeah. going to be like, what did you do? <laughs> so I kind of just started panicking and I left it for a couple of days because I kept being a bit panicked and they kept saying, leave it and go back to it. So mm-hmm. I did. Um, and then I think I just once again was overthinking and it actually wasn't as bad as I
0: thought it was. Uh-huh. Um,
1: and then it kind of all worked out.
0: It normally does, hey. Yeah. I think I think that's the cool thing though, and I'm I'm sorry if I threw it on you, but I knew Tanya mm-hmm. couldn't deal with it, but you pulled it off and we mm-hmm. confirmed the booking. Laurie, if you're listening, that's yours. <laughs> um, but it's it's a funny thing to me, and I am keen to hear what you think about this. Mm-hmm. So you've been dealing with South African agents, lodges, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was in and I've told this story on the podcast before, but I was in New York many years ago after I did a trip to British Columbia, the in on Canada, Great Bear Rainforest. Mm-hmm. And we did a bolt onto a place called Tweedsmuir, which is a grizzly sanctuary thing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful nature, mountains, the whole thing. But when we start booking this thing, I get the brochure and it's like uh, one of the top seven lodges in Canada. And I'm like, fuck, oh, this is going to be amazing. Because yeah. if you say to me top seven lodges in Africa, mm. you're talking Sengita's, delosis and stuff mm. like that. And when I got there, I'm like, what? I mean, I, I want to... Not to diss it that much, but it's like an Aventura resort a little bit up from that. Mm. And it's, it's, it's nice. And look, we pulled it off because we present the experience and so on and so forth. Hmm. But I did a podcast then. I can't remember how long ago this is. But on how jacked up the South African and African lodging hospitality really is mm-hmm. with regards to service delivery, with activities and so on and so forth. Yeah. What did you find dealing with African operators versus Iceland operators and or hotels mm-hmm. and lodges?
1: I don't know. I think it's just... I, there's a very um, good foundation, I think, that has been created for the South African tourism market. So mm-hmm. the way that they deal with it is is phenomenal compared to Iceland. No offense to Iceland. Mm. But when I contacted them, they didn't really offer much more than just a, a simple answer back. They couldn't yeah. say, I can help you a little bit more with this or that. Mm. Um, so I think they just... South Africans say they, they kind of want you to mm. they want your business and they'll do anything
0: to kind of get that. 100%. I think I think if you go back to when safari started like in the put a number on it 1960s 70s in East Africa, Kenya, Tanzania. Mm. Since then the industry's grown up dramatically. Yeah. And even when we started our Mara camp, um the wildlife was just a mind job. It was like how the hell is this possible? But then John and Andrew and myself thought, well, if we could take South African hospitality mm. and the service element and put that in the Mara, that would be real yeah so it's a very different thing. um so what you're also saying is for us to do this again you're going to have to visit iceland at some stage to go mm. and make friends and then you can do it yeah okay cool yeah, cool basically mm-hmm. oh, i'll speak to the people <laughs> <laughs> um you went to Mediqua recently i did and how it was, was, I? was
1: an experience i've never ever had in my life first before. time yes to Medique? yes
0: so explain to people just your thoughts and feelings on that so Mediqua was it was trevor was hosting with how many guests
1: it was, it was a very small one, so it was yeah. two guests. So, guys, so
0: there was space, and hence we try and get you guys up there. Yeah. Um, and that's our normal Madikwe safari experience. Mm. What do you think?
1: It was just from the moment that I got there, it was phenomenal.
0: Is it what you expected?
1: I didn't really know what I was expecting. Yeah. yeah. But it, it blew me away. Uh-huh. It really did. And I think we really did have a, a good week um, with the sightings that we saw. But just from the moment I got there, from...
0: Was Grant and Monique there? Yes. Mm.
1: And they greeted me immediately and all of the staff greeted me immediately. And it was just, it was phenomenal. Um, yeah. And my ultimate favorite thing in the world was elephants. And it was the first thing that I saw as soon as I walked out on the At deck. At the
0: waterhole? Yeah. That waterhole is insane. Yeah, It's just it crazy. It was beautiful. Mm. I could have
1: just sat there the whole time. I didn't even have to go on a game drive. I just loved mm. sitting there. I've
0: had people, because before, um, so when, when John and I started Wild Eye out of there and when I got Andrew in, while I was born at that fireplace, mm-hmm. right? And before then, I managed that lodge for three years. So I, the amount of times I would get shareholders come in, and they would, on a, the first two nights, go on game drive. For the rest of the week, they do a morning drive, then they sit at the deck. Yeah. It's a stunning, stunning place.
1: So one of the guests, she actually put up a night cam And not really an eye camera, it was on always. Mm -hmm. And she put it right in the middle of the, I know that you have the story where you were actually in the water and doing (laughs) all the things. And I think that was something that was super phenomenal for me because Mm. then the next day it was so exciting to go and see everything. Mm. So many rhinos and hyena and. Did you get cats? Not when I was there because I wasn't there for the full time. I I think they got lion.
0: At the water hole. Yeah. Mm.
1: The only thing we didn't get was a leopard
0: for the trip. Yeah. Mandic was still funny for that, hey?
1: But there were, there were tracks around the Mm. camp the whole time. There's a big male that
0: hangs around on that ridge. Yeah. Which I was, I spoke to Grant recently. Um, He hangs around on that ridge but he's very skittish. Yeah. yeah. It also, there's many reasons for it because of the farms around they might still get shot at. There's quite a bit of lions in the area and so on and so forth. Mm. So it's a tough one. Yeah. So of all, of all the trips, not that you've worked on with Tanya and Emma, Mm -hmm. on all the trips that we do as a company, Mm -hmm. what would be your top three that you would like to do Oh, Iceland one because you need to go and learn the yeah hotel. <laughs> obviously
1: um <laughs> absolutely the Mara one hundred percent the Mara and not necessarily the peak one I, w- I wouldn't mind doing an experience mm-hmm. um and I think anything to do with Amboseli
0: why Amboseli
1: I don't know I just like think the elephants and that oh elephants just yeah. seeing okay so maybe looking back at one of the trips that your currently on right now with Kim mm-hmm. and. Just seeing them on the ground and like photographing f- photographing mm-hmm. the, the elephants on the horizon. That's like yeah. that's like that heaven. lake bed is off the hook. Yeah. That's so I, that would place. definitely be up there.
0: Yeah. Mara Camp will probably happen down the line. Get all the people up there. Mm. We've spoken about that's it, how dream. amazing it would be to have all of our staff from South Africa in the camp with all of the Kenya staff.
1: Oh, that would be amazing. That would
0: be epic. There would be no social media allowed because it would be a shit show. Yeah. But it would be flipping amazing. It would be. <laughs> no, that that would be something special. Hey.
1: Well, that's a dream because uh. just even hearing about the people. I mean, I've only had video calls mm. meeting them, and I've only met one of the gentlemen. But who did you meet? Oh, you put putting me on the spot. He was here
0: from Kenya, Billy. Yes. Oh no, J- uh, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Oh, he's a cowboy.
1: And he's just lovely. Yeah
0: he's our senior guy, that guy. I have never in and for those people who've been to Amara camp, you'll know. Mm. I've never in my life met anybody anywhere in the world of any age, colour or creed, anything mm-hmm. that is less that is as not stressed about anything in their life. <laughs> Jimmy is the most chill. I've never people give him hassles, he's chill. He's in trouble, he's chill. He just he <laughs> doesn't stress. I wish I was like that. That's so ideal. Yeah, he's a he's a rock star. Now you'll see when you meet the other people who We'll get Billy out here at some stage, but when you meet Dixon and the mm. guys, it's just it's powerful stuff. Hey? Yeah. Powerful stuff. From what stuff. I've heard, yeah. So when you go on holiday now, on leave holiday, whatever, where would you go?
1: Because
0: mm. normally people talk about either bush, beach, or like mountains, or yeah. cities, for yeah. that matter.
1: I would always lean more towards the bush, mm-hmm. and then it would be beach second. Mm-hmm. So I'm already planning another trip for my partner and I for our anniversary. Where night. are you heading? Hopefully, Madigui, I want to okay. try and do something because I, I want to take him there. Mm. But ugh, that's kind of a dream. We mm-hmm. normally would just go to like a random.
0: Are you working with the ladies to make that happen? No, you it should. hasn't
1: really been in the works yet. Because if
0: you get, remember, I mean, from a rates point of view, yeah, you could definitely do. And for people as well, this is just a quick little lesson for, for people online. You never book online at a lodge. Mm. You know this, for example, if yeah. they charge $1,000 a night, they charge you 900 you think they're winning. They charge us 700 as an agent. We pass the savings on to you and everybody wins. Yeah. So, but there, there's, if you, we can offline the discussion, but when you're ready to look at that, there are some very cool one or two self catering options mm. and some bush camps which we could look at, but we can talk about that at some yeah, stage. Yeah. And if I were to give you an airplane ticket now, open ended anywhere in the world, where do you go? Oof. Anywhere in the world. It would be Ireland. Tell me why.
1: Because I am born and bred Irish, I mm-hmm. suppose. What's your surname? Lindsell. There's actually a, a town in Ireland named Lindsell, and that's where I want to go.
0: Oh, is it? Is there a link? I don't know. Like historically, yeah. like no, 15 I'm sure there generations is. back.
1: Oh, or yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I am. I'm hmm. lying to you. My dad is so into our ancestry, and mm-hmm. he's done major, major research. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely want to go. So, when did,
0: when did your family move to South Africa? couple of generations already. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you been to Ireland at all? No. Ah, I've got to get there. That's where I want to so go. It's a pretty country. Yeah. Very pretty country.
1: Mm.
0: What's next on the list?
1: Hmm. I don't want to be like cliche and say like all the pretty, <laughs> pretty places. Because I have gone on a Contiki and I have done a lot of Europe. Okay. So, um, is it fair to say somewhere that I've been before? Sure. I just want to go back. It's definitely just Switzerland. Hmm. Absolutely gorgeous. Where did you go?
0: Through Geneva and then up?
1: No. Uh, we went to oh, Mm-hmm. Zurich, I think. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. We, it was It was one day we were mm-hmm. there. But we went up the mountain. It yeah. was absolutely amazing.
0: There's something about mountains. And to me, the last while with Svalbard, Iceland... But mm. but Svalbard in Norway, there's something about those monster black mountains with white yeah. snow. Yes. It is just, and, and Switzerland has similar. So I had a Swiss guest with Svalbard with me now, Nicholas mm. Deloche. And so we would be taking images of these mountains from the water. So We're on the boat. And one of the clients, Pierre, would take a picture of the mountains, but he would cut most of the water off. And and uh, Christ- uh, Christian, that's the guide, uh, Nicholas would say, no, but that's Swiss. If you lose the water, that's Switzerland. So you have to include the water to make it look like something else. Yeah. But no, Switzerland as a country is stunning.
1: Beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Oh, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So definitely want to go back there. So
0: who's your favorite person in the office? No, don't you. answer that. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Um, no, question. What has been the most difficult thing to adapt to in working in a bigger team than where you were?
1: Hmm. Oy, you know what it is? I think it's having to actually verbalize where I'm at and how to go about doing a project. Before, I, everything would be on me and I would have you to decide everything. You decide you do. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now having, having to actually speak to people and, and say, this is what's happening. And, and being able to speak about it, I actually think it makes it a lot better because then uh-huh. you don't really miss out a lot. So
0: yeah.
1: I think it's just it's more... Working as it physically working as a team and actually mm-hmm. speaking about it. I think that the verbalization is,
0: is it. What's been the easiest thing?
1: Oh, the easiest thing.
0: Or the nicest thing or something you were pleasantly surprised by moving. Cause I mean, you had anxiety to start. It's like, oh my shit, this is a big team. How do I do this?
1: Yeah. I think it is, it's the small things that, If I'm sitting at our little V6 pod.
0: Is that what it's called now?
1: Yeah, we're the V6. I
0: just learned something. (laughs) Okay, so my logistics team is called V6. Copy that. (laughs) Thanks for telling me, Judy. (laughs) (laughs) If I have any
1: slight issue, if it's personal or work-related, everyone at that V6 table will stop what they're doing to help you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just... And you don't, even, you don't even expect it, but I mean, like the smallest thing, they'll get on it in seconds. They'll Google something or they'll give their advice. And I think that makes me feel part of a family, mm-hmm. which was nothing that I had before.
0: Yeah, in I'm an sure. Office environment. I think it's an interesting thing because in the past, COVID messed it up, but in the past, we spoke about the Wild Eye family. Mm-hmm. We changed that to team. With, but, and you can argue this both ways, right? So if we're a family, my dad can say to me, take out the trash. And I'm like, oh, whatever, man, just you do it. And then you'll hit me or not, or, dip, ooh, that's my old school talk. <laughs> you get a beating. No, so you get hiding and then you'll move on, right? Yep. But there's, there's, there's not always the, the dire, in, I'm messing this up. There's not the hectic consequence. Whereas in a team, we all have to do something There's a captain Mm. as such leading the team. And if you're not good enough, we're gonna find someone else. Mm. If I'm not good enough in my family, the chances of my dad kicking me out and finding a new son, Mm. eh, not so much. You know what I mean? But that said, so we talk about a team because it also, to me, it also brings in a slight competitive thing like we can Mm. do better, we can do more. Mm -hmm. But there's still an X factor that we have here. And I can say this, I've seen this since the beginning of people coming in and how the V6, thanks for telling me Judy, um, <laughs> how, how they do things and how, and I can look at, I mean, over the last 12 years, examples of something going wrong in someone's personal life, mm-hmm. anything from someone like your position, so, me, so the guides, mm-hmm. and we deal with it immediately. Yeah. The thing is as well, is if you look at the Mara camp, the people there, mm-hmm. Dixon and Maasai and stuff mm-hmm. like that, people come back to the camp again and again and again, I would like to think it's for me and the guide. It's not. We think it's for the wildlife. Yeah, sometimes. It's about the people. Yeah. But if you go and look at something in too much detail and you want to break it down too much to the point where, okay, this is the exact reason why people come. It's A, B, mm-hmm. C, mm-hmm. got to sometimes leave something. You need to leave a little bit of mystery, the X factor.
1: Yeah. Don't
0: define it too clearly. Just let it be. And I think the wildlife team that we have has that. There's an X factor of energy that kind of mm-hmm. works um you you'll see when the mara season starts mm-hmm. so we just we just slowly go, what are we doing june we're just slowly going into the busy season now yeah watch the shit show when you've got all the guides out you've got six seven trips running at the same time
1: yeah it's interesting yeah
0: it's interesting i'm ready <laughs> yeah we i'm glad to have you on board because shame. Tanya and emma they're doing but um where would you want to go within the company or is it too soon to ask? Are you still checking no, things out? No, not
1: at all. I'm driven by goals. I have to have some sort of end goal in mind.
0: Okay, so what is your white whale? What is that? Exactly, it's something I read about recently, <laughs> and I just did it on my my own personal platforms. Yeah. A white whale. So it's from Moby Dick. Captain Ahab wanted to kill the white whale, but a white whale metaphor is it's an obsession or a goal that you have mm-hmm. that could potentially be unattainable. It's so big.
1: Mm.
0: What's your white whale?
1: Oh, that's unattainable.
0: No, or or, or at least challenging. Because yes. if it's too easy, it's just there. Yeah.
1: You know what? I would like to actually have my own unique sector within the V six. So on the same level as Tanya mm-hmm. and Emma, sure. But something very unique and and more towards me i don't know what that is yet i was
0: about to ask what would what would you knowing what you know now a couple of a couple of months in right mm. you know what they all do you know what we all do mm. mostly i think mm-hmm. uh john and i just kind of hang around here you, <laughs> but um but what do you think would that position be that could bring value to the v6 and wilder and our clients i've got something in mind which i have for a while already mm. but what would you think that is
1: i i just said i don't know I have no idea. I feel like I know it's there. There's like an energy that I know is there, but I don't really know how to mm. create it yet. Yeah. It's,
0: it's. what's that? I'm thinking of an analogy. It's, there's an energy that you need to harness, but it's not big enough to harness yet. Yeah. See, for me, and this is something which will come up, I think, later in the year. So I'm looking at more international trips. For yeah. example, Tromso, which is Northern Norway, into Lofoten for Orcas and Northern Lights. Um, I'm looking at this year, October, to start things in Utah in the US. So to me, the one area that would make sense is to have a African logistics team Mm -hmm. and an international one. Someone that manages everything outside of Africa. Mm. Chew on that, because to me, that's something where, because it's not that you've you've done Iceland with me now, Mm. the, the planning of it's different. Yeah. And often it's more pained by numbers initially until you get the operators that kind of buy in. Yes. So, yeah, you know, that to me is the one thing off the top of my head that I do think yeah. there's growth. The, the general travel, the custom tours that Emma does, that's mm. low hanging fruit. Yeah. Because we can get four consultants as you get busier, you get five, six, and so on and so forth. Mm. So, I mean, eventually to have you kind of on Emma's level and to do that as well mm. and then get some more people under you guys and so on and so forth. Yeah. But to me, I still think. There's something, and maybe it's one of those ideas which time isn't quite right yet, but it's coming, mm. is to have someone to focus on international travel, like the Svalbard, the Iceland, yes. the Great Bear Rainforest, uh, the US trips and so on, India, all those things. Yeah. It's an idea. I think as we, go, as we grow bigger, that's probably one of the ways to go. Mm. What are the personal goals? Do you set New Year's resolutions? I don't. Okay, so what's your goal for this year? Something you want to achieve, personally? get your dog, do what's up for the year. Oh,
1: my gosh. Put it
0: this way. When you get to December this year and you're just about to say cheers and stung sting old Lang's eye, right before that, mm. what would make this year a success for you?
1: I feel like I've already done it because I've gotten into the career that I've always wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first thing that comes to mind. But if I want to push it further. I want to be able to... Mm-hmm. I want to make a difference in the company. I don't want to just be another thing. So like I say, I know I have a feeling that I that by the end of this year, I'm going to make another difference and maybe not just be the assistant. I want to actually have an impact
0: mm-hmm.
1: and want everyone to feel like, wow, Kate's actually made a difference um, K- in being here.
0: I appreciate that and respect that. I think just to be quite honest, you already have, by, by helping those two, in and Tanya. Mm. And that's noticed. But I think um, if there's anything we can do to help that process, you get ideas, talk to us.
1: I know. I just, I, I'm not someone who likes to come forward and talk. You'll learn. I know. You'll Apparently learn. Apparently I have
0: to. Last question. What do you do when you're not at Wild well Eye? Apart from listening to Murder Mysteries <laughs> and, uh, yeah.
1: Um, I box. So, Where? I, at the yard. Which is oh, a just weightlifting a, place? Yeah, just across right the road across here. the road. Yep. Competitively? No. Are you no. looking to do competitive? No, I absolutely hate being hit in the face, and I hate I hate hitting people. Mm. It's more the training. I complain the
0: entire way through because
1: life is just me complaining. <laughs> but, uh. <laughs> but I do it.
0: It is. So I went for a couple of jiu jitsu classes end of last mm. year. Only problem, and I would still like to do more of that, but it's just it's a logistical thing, like yeah. timing there, traffic, da da da. Yeah, I kid you not. Yesterday afternoon, I haven't said this to anybody, (laughs) but I looked at so a breakaway. So, health and wellness is a big part of my history. Always did it, competitive, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what Tiger Muay Thai is? No. Go and look it up. For someone like you, if you like that kind of thing, Tiger Muay Thai is a uh, Muay Thai, you know, Muay Thai, the, the martial arts gym in Thailand. Okay. You can go there on a week, two, three, four weeks for basically just training beginners medium Mm -hmm. advanced they've got weight loss they've got fitness they've got crossfit they've got boxing they've got all this you go for a week Mm -hmm. and they've got nice little accommodations you can choose standard premium or luxury whatever it is Mm -hmm. um you can sign up for like i looked at beginners mootai i've never done it they're not going to punch you in the face hard you wear things sometimes if you get there Mm -hmm. but your food is all included everything for i think thirty-two thousand rand for a week Hmm. all your training all your food or your accommodation oh wow Yeah, that's one of my white whales suddenly. I'm like, ooh, (laughs) there it is. Um, What else? So boxing, what else keeps you busy?
1: Mm. I just, I think a lot about... You mean you overthink a lot? (laughs) (laughs) But I I overthink a lot about wanting to get back into art. So that is one of my huge passions is art. Okay.
0: As drawing, sketching, painting? drawing. Mainly
1: drawing, not necessarily painting. Why did you stop? Because I, f- I need someone to tell me what to do. I need someone to say, I okay, want to do I'm this telling done. you now, go do art. <laughs> but I need an actual thing. So, something I, when I was in Medique, which I was so, so stoked about, is that I was able to use one of the cameras mm. from the office and it ignited the passion in me that I loved photography. Hmm. Um, and not only that, is in drawing the photos that I photograph.
0: Can you draw, just sit down and draw a picture without no. tracing or having a reference?
1: I need a reference. Okay. You should do more of that. I haven't done it in about five years. Start again. I'm petrified. Why? Because then someone's going to want to see it. And the worst is my mom. She's probably going to listen to this. But (laughs) she is... Oh, the most intense person that she will flaunt my art everywhere and I I don't know if I'm a fan.
0: Our moms are always our biggest supporters. I know but it's just like It can be dog shit ugly, it's amazing But then you're putting it 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 up on
1: display for people to scrutinize
0: But Andy Warhol had a quote and it was, I'm paraphrasing but it was something in the line of um, all all that you have to do is do your art put it out there, let people Mm. decide whether they like it or not Well, they're busy deciding you just make more art. And and, and look, from a creative point of view, Mm -hmm. I'm a creative, I know that 100%, but we don't like someone to tell us how ugly our baby is. Mm. Like you draw a picture and I was like, "Mm, what's what's this dog? No, it's actually a cat. Oh, shit, sorry. (laughs) But the judgment that we feel cripples us to even start. Yeah. Get over it. Mm. We should make as part of your roles and responsibilities here that once a week you have to bring us a new sketch.
1: Oh my gosh! No, I'll die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, no, but you must. It's a, it's a great outlet. I mean, for mental health, everything. It's a great thing just to 100%. have that. That's awesome.
1: I miss that being able to just mm. be in my own world. Mm. It's important. That.
0: Yeah. And the cool thing is, so um, I've started journaling. And I've got, I've sketched, and this is nobody. I can actually show you my iPad. But I, you take a picture on the iPad, yeah. and you drop the opacity. And you get with a pencil and you can draw it. I've done it on planes. Oh. It's very therapeutic. Oh, and wow. I can listen to podcasts at the same time. See, you can double down. No excuses. <laughs> anyway, mm. good stuff. Caitlin, thank you for your time. Great to have you on the team. Mm-hmm. And we'll do this again down the line once you decide what your next thing in the company is. Mm-hmm. Thank, you so thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. to you
0: next time. <laughs>